Welcome to season four, episode two of Burner Talk. You are now listening to the podcast that keeps it real all the time. I'm your host, Jay, back at it again with another brand new episode. Here with me today is someone making his debut appearance on the show. We've been acquaintances for a while and have shared classes a few times at ETSU. He enjoys making country music in his spare time and spreading joy to the people who check it out. Without further ado, let's welcome Crosby Tyler to the show. Introduce yourself to the audience a little bit and tell us how you're feeling on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Well, Jalen, thank you for the nice introduction. That was uh, touching. Well, as I told you earlier, I just had some news that my mother passed away earlier this morning. Right. But other than that, uh, you know, everything's going very well. Uh, my new album is uh, just getting ready to hit the hit this hit hit the drop date, which is really August fifteenth. And uh, so far, reaction's been very good. I've been really playing a lot of gigs, and uh, uh, we're just, you know, taking it one step at a time. Yeah, once again, my condolences. Uh, sorry to hear that. And uh, I'm glad you're pushing through it, and, you know, everything's coming together. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, we were in touch every day. So, you know, we were talking every single day up until maybe a couple days ago, so. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And, you know, you you make music, so that's possibly an outlet to express yourself or something that can get you away from reality for a little bit. And you just mentioned that your album is coming up. You said August 15th. That's pretty soon. That's three days. Right. Yeah. And uh, tomorrow night I'll be playing at the Rum Bar in downtown Johnson City starting at 730. Okay. Okay. And ha have you ever had before coming on this show, have you ever had any podcasting experience before, like outside of maybe yeah. doing an assignment for class? Yeah. Um, a few years ago, um, a good friend of mine who was a pretty established uh, comedian, um, his name is John DeResta. And uh, he actually had a sitcom once on television. Uh, you know, at the time when podcasts were just scratching the surface a little bit, I don't think any of us really realized what was going on, you know, with podcasting. And he had me on a, as a guest uh, a few times and was uh, considering me as a regular as part of his uh, team. And uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun. It was, uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, it's a it's a booming industry. I feel like I got into it just at the perfect time. And especially during COVID, it seemed like a media outlet that a lot of people started to get into. And that's around when I started getting into it too, when everybody was quarantined and at home. So uh -huh. yeah, it was just a different media outlet. And I've enjoyed it personally since I started. I've had mine for, I think a year and a half now. That's so. fantastic. I think I remember when you just started it too, or you were forming it. And I, yeah. I put, you know, I just, roll out the red carpet for you because that's what you got to do you know um and that's what's so beautiful about things like the podcast and um even more so is that you know with the success of what like you know joe rogan has had uh and other podcasts it just shows you you know 
how you can, I don't know, just do something so kind of raw, low budget, and yet be so powerful. Uh, it's it's just a great thing, you know. It's just just really is. Right. And the struggle with podcasts is trying to create a unique experience for the listener because there's a ton of podcasts and there's a ton of people talking about the same subject and whatnot. So that's what I try to do with mine because mine is mainly sports, but I also branch out into other categories like entertainment with you as music. Uh, I've had other music artists on the show before. So I just try to branch out into different categories and um, you know, attracts different audiences and people with different opinions. So we don't like stay confined to one subject. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I definitely follow a lot of podcasts. Um, I generally like to listen to them if I'm doing some sort of exercise or I'm at the gym or I take walks or when I was running or jogging. Uh, I also like it at night, you know, to, to go to bed with. Um, and uh, Joe Rogan has really shown, I mean, there was a guy who probably did it for laughs at the beginning, <laughs> and really, you know, and he, he, he just really turned into really, you know, using it as like a, an opportunity to really uh, microscope microscope and dissect people you know i mean who would think that you would sit and listen to someone for three hours right one-on-one with with no joking and no shtick and no you know gimmicks or anything it's 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 kind of amazing and it might be that we are thirsty now because of such social media and computer and everybody's on their phone yeah, absolutely. You know, sit around and really have a chance to talk to somebody is might be a real hard thing to do now and in the future. Yeah, the funny thing for me with podcasts, when I started mine, I never listened to any. I, I had heard of Joe Rogan, but I didn't listen to any consistently. I get the closest thing I had to a podcast was like watching YouTube videos. So when I started mine up, it was, you know, very from the ground up very unique and you know for me personally i just feel like it's a way to have a different bring a different flavor to the media that we're hearing and on this i want you to be able to speak your mind on any topic on how you see fit and not have somebody yeah. over your shoulder so that's just well, the way I, I, see I you know i tend to <laughs> i tend to whether i speak it or not I don't have to do much to get much attention around here or in, or at ETSU where we met, you know, mm-hmm. I've got sort of a pretty free going personality, not quite as outrageous as some, but I think I've got my little slant that seems to be kind of unique to the world for some reason. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And did, what? Well, where did you say you're originally from again? Originally, I was born in Los Angeles, California. Okay, I, I thought so. That's why I was going to bring that up, because I, I knew we spoke a little bit back about your time in Hollywood. And as you know, that's something I'm enamored with personally, because of what I want to do career-wise. So how was your personal experience out in La La Land? 
Well, uh, it went through different phases, you know, uh, but honestly, I can say that, uh, first of all, Los Angeles is a wonderful place. It always has been. It's always been known for a place to go and, you know, it's a place for dreamers. And, and fortunately, those dreams do come true sometimes. Yeah, only sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, in sports, you know, there's a lot of people, in fact, uh, you know, uh, in, in all the different sports that, you know, were number one drafts picks, were all American in college or whatever. And uh, it never amounted to anything in the major league world. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Things, things happen. But I was fortunate enough to uh, have a little success not quite as much or as consistent high high levels of success that I wanted if we measure everything on trophies. But, you know, um, I'm still not through. I'm still still competing. And I don't, I think I'm at my best that I've ever been. Uh, so, you know, I, I can't change my age. I don't know. I don't think people are all that concerned that as much with A used to be. And so uh, we just keep plowing away. Jay, that's 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 it. You know, I mean, I just keep doing my thing. And that's what I was kind of born to do. For some reason, my genetic makeup was programmed to write songs. <laughs> and that's what I do. And I'll do it probably till I can't do it anymore. Yeah, that's the mindset you got to have. Just keep pushing. And I know Eastern Tennessee, well, Nashville, basically the whole state is known for country music. And you said you're from California. So how did you get into country music? Or is the scene out there bigger than what I'm well, giving you credit um, for? First of all, I'm not just focused on country music. Uh I definitely would think this album is the closest thing to country music oh, that okay. I've ever done. Uh, you know, I'm a, I mean, I'm first a songwriter, and like anything, uh, I can, I can uh, put that in a lot of different styles of music. You know, a great song can some be sometimes be played you know, as a heavy metal song or as a bluegrass song, whatever. But yes, I, I consider myself uh, probably more connected to Americana, which is filled with country music, bluegrass, old time, R&B, you know, blues. Those are the things that, you know, have always moved my soul. And I'm open mm -hmm. to every other thing, but those are, the, those are pretty much the I love melodic poppy stuff and everything. And yeah, you know, and it is good to be out here and things have been going a lot better for me lately. And I've really embraced the music community and, and really enjoy it. You know, I love what uh, East Tennessee has, especially Bristol, Johnson City. Uh, so yeah, you know. <laughs> so when, when you're writing music, like what, when you first get into the process of writing a song, what stems the inspiration? Is it like a certain event that you go through or does it just happen? Well, 
usually I'm stimulated by something. And I'll give you an example because I just, <laughs> I wrote a song for my mom just before we spoke today too. Right, right. Um, and uh, like, for instance, uh, I've been doing uh, some performances like open mics and there's a person who runs it. His name is Derek Downtown. And talking and he called me the truck stop troubadour. You know, that's, he says, you know, that was the kind of moniker he wanted to put on me, use it as a nickname. And, you know, it's been with me for a while. I finally wrote a song on it. So, you know, uh, another person said something yesterday, even. He was talking about something and he said, hardcore weekend. <laughs> hardcore <laughs> I, weekend. Yeah. And I laughed. I said, man, that's a great title. I and, like it. Yeah. You know, when I talked to him, I said, hardcore week. And I said, what a guy will, what a guy will do for pussy, you know, <laughs> for sure. For sure. And They'll spend as much money as they have to, they will no matter what. Oh yeah. No question. Absolutely. You know how the game goes. <laughs> Absolutely. I never that way, you know, uh, that's why I'm still single. But, you know, there's a lot of guys I know that just anything. And I always thought that would be a great story or, or, or a book is, you know, all the different case scenarios of what guys have done for, for pussy. And what, what was the first name, name you said? You said Truck Stop Troubadour? Yeah, Truck Stop Troubadour. What, what is a troubadour? Troubadour is like a, in the old days, like someone who goes around and sings a song you know usually like a solo guy or uh you know was like the town singer you know okay that's kind of like what troubadour is gotcha, you roll gotcha. around and you sing and you play good you know you play your songs and is noted and he he said truck stop because I have a few songs on my album that deal with truckers, you know, long haul truckers that, you know, there was a period in the fifties and sixties and even seventies and even eighties where uh, country music wrote about truckers, truck driving songs. I kind of like those and I've tried to bring that back a little bit. And so that's kind of why he monikered me that. Gotcha. And yeah, I've noticed that you have, um, not counting this upcoming project, but I've noticed that you have three projects out on Spotify already, but you haven't released anything since 2014. Like, is yeah. there any particular reason for the long hiatus? Yeah. Well, yes. I made attempts at it and it just, nothing, nothing really fell together correctly. Uh, uh, meaning the, Maybe I was not equipped financially or mentally to deal with it, or maybe I was always looking for someone to produce. And then finally, last June, maybe give ETSU credit, just as I was in the program or anything, I just got inspired to uh, do an album. I had songs and I was just very fortunate uh, I chose a lot of people that I knew to work with me. 
and one the engineer who you know the studio uh that i used i was referred to by you know a friend of mine that i've known for like 25 30 years and i gotta say it was just uh just a, just an absolute joy i just was very happy and i took it upon myself to you know pull the reins and be the producer and the executive producer and you know i i, I must say i was happy with the results do you feel like your friends and connections you made in the past three decades or so are like the people you met at ETSU? Do you feel like they've helped you reignite that passion for making music and like getting it out into streaming platforms? Bit. You know, Jay, you know, sometimes you, you judge quickly and, you know, I came in being, you know, a senior citizen and, you know, it's a lot for, you know, young people to deal with both men and women you know know you they you know you're not from here you know you're from the west coast you're from la right originally you you have different types of uh, vibe but you know today at this moment i'd like to erase everything and just keep it a fresh new chalkboard and yeah you know, I mean, even uh, on Thursday, I, 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 on Wednesday, I was just finishing up uh, playing at the, the hideaway and I was walking down the street and the students that were in the program saw me and they eventually just bought an, my new record from me to show support. So that was nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, so, you know, look, like I said at the beginning, it's really out when you talk to them in person. It seems like a lot of us are socially awkward. You know, it's oh, you're not wrong about that. It's not easy to have a, a heavy conversation with anybody. You know, I, I mean, we're probably having the most heaviest conversation we ever had. It's because it's just the environment doesn't always align it correctly, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, look, I'm just supportive and positive towards everybody, you know. As long as nobody wants to stick a knife in me, I'm okay. <laughs> hey, you you never know nowadays, man. People are, whew. Yeah, that's a, that's a good, brother. You never know. Yeah, yeah, you got to watch for your surroundings. But mm -hmm. um, how, how did you, I, I've lived in Johnson City my whole life, and you know, I've always seen it as a smaller town, but it feels like more people are starting to migrate into Tennessee, uh, Northeast Tennessee. So it's just weird for me since I've been here my whole life and uh, people are moving here from bigger cities because I visited Seattle last month and I oh, talked yeah. to, yeah, yeah, I went on a cruise to Alaska. We flew up to Seattle no. and um, yeah, that was pretty nice. And, you know, I, I like to talk to people. I like to meet people um especially you know somewhere that's not close to where i live and i like uh seeing different people's backgrounds whether it's an uber driver or somebody that works at the airport and when i asked a lot of people it seemed like a lot of people wanted to you know migrate to the southern states like tennessee georgia florida and mm -hmm. get away from the hustle and bustle of the west coast so i thought that was pretty interesting and um you know how, how did you end up in johnson city well, first of all, I've always been enamored with the South. Um, I've toured in the South. I've toured Mississippi, 
years ago and I toured Tennessee and I toured Carolina and I toured um, Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, so you've been all over. I've been all over. And, um, you know, just like, I guess, like white athletes are enamored with African-American athletes, especially when it comes to basketball um, Mm -hmm. or white artists get enamored with rap. So they want to get down to Brooklyn or New York or Queens or whatever to get the real deal. I moved, I came here because I was living in Northern California the last nine years, which is about 15 minutes from San Francisco in a really magical place, at least used to be. And um, I don't know, I just, I just felt like I was kind of like a hamster in a wheel, like I safe, doing the same music over and over again. I just felt like it was a change. Besides, it was super expensive out there. Um, and uh, ETSU had a program, it's called Old Time Country department and you could get a BA degree. And I sort of romanticized that this was, you know, going to take me to a new level in my skills, because that's all I'm interested in. I mean, it's not the only thing I'm interested in in life, but it's a big part of me is just to always better myself to try to get better. You know, I mean, whereas an athlete, there is sort of a deadline. (laughs) You don't last forever. LeBron won't be with us as a player forever, maybe a coach and an owner, but he ain't going to be a player forever. There is a time where you, right. Where you put up the sneakers and you, you say goodbye, but in music, honestly, maybe that maybe you won't be in the charts, you know, in the, the modern world, but you know, if you can still play, you know, like an actor, you can, you know, you play, you're 75 years old. Well, now you can play a grandfather. You know what I mean? There's still a role for you. Yeah. And so, you know, and with that, there is still the constant pressure to deliver and keep all your physical acts together. And so that's kind of like one of the, I went to that. I thought it was the closest thing that was offering in state college. There aren't many there aren't many choices that you have because there aren't that many departments like the bluegrass department there. So that was the reason I moved back. And to, to answer your other question of why maybe you think a lot of the people from the big metropolitan cities, such as Los Angeles, Seattle, San Francisco, well, all you got to do is visit Los Angeles and you'll see why. Although it's a great place, it's just, it's just been overtaken by the homeless factor, violence, craziness, insanity. And I think a lot of people are just fed up with it and of course the high cost of living. And I know a lot of people sometimes criticize, you know, from the West and the left, they criticize the Southern traditions and the cultures and the politeness. Now they think they long for it a little bit. And that's why I think people are moving. Yeah, it's crazy how you can, you know, grow up in one thing and then switch up, have a completely different mindset. And yeah, I just thought it was interesting how a lot of people yeah. 
or, or seeing, you know, what the South has to offer and moving down here. So that was just interesting to me because I've only been in one place my whole life. So I, it'll feel like that, a, a culture shock. Well, that, that, you know, especially out in East Tennessee, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say that, you know, that's the whole thing, but that's, uh, you know, there is a ruralness to it. And there's an isolation to it that a lot of people haven't, you know, traveled the world and, you know, been out to a lot of the West Coast or anything like that. And so, you know, they they stick with their with their surroundings and the way they've been their traditions. But, you know, I mean, uh, you know, people are open to things and. Uh, I mean, it's not necessarily a backwards place. It's a certain sort of lifestyle and traditions with, uh, you know, with, with, with a certain amount. There certainly is a minority of, uh, of wild, crazy uh, Western leftists, but there are those here too. You know what I mean? There's there's just a smaller percentage of all that that I see. Right. And yeah, it's every, everywhere. It's just to the point where you can't notice it as much and somewhere as big as L.A. or Seattle, Cali, right. something like right. that. Like uh, I found out, uh, I don't know, not too long ago, like that Johnson City has one of the biggest populations of LGBT community. Per its square foot, there is most here who are LGBT than in some of the bigger metropolitan cities, which to me was kind of hard to believe. But it goes to show you, you know, how things change. Yeah, I didn't think about that either. That's that's crazy to think about as well, because you would think it would be higher in the um, the bigger cities. And also, I've noticed like in the bigger cities, they also have certain sections uh walled off to the lgbt community uh we don't have anything like that in johnson city so that's right. just something to think about yeah well i think johnson city is a you know i mean i'm not a real estate investor uh i own some real estate but when you start seeing the downtown gets completely renovated with brand new restaurants uh over and over again, big ones, small ones. Um, you see the whole city being rebuilt. There's a reason for that. And when you walk around, you you know, like I talk to people, and a lot of people just from nearby Asheville, North Carolina, they're all moving here because Asheville became crazy, you know, in terms of cost of living and getting gentrified. And I'm mm -hmm. Pretty certain John City will probably end up like that as well, because what happens is when real estate is cheap and you get really good quality houses for your money, that's when people, that's when families move from the West Coast or from different states, because they go, why should I pay a million dollars for a two bedroom house in Los Angeles in a grungy area? when I can get a mansion for 300 or 400,000 in Johnson city, Tennessee. Yeah, absolutely. Simple, simple, simple economics. Yeah. I'm taking the second option every time. Mm -hmm. 
economy will always drive people. Because, I mean, people are people everywhere. I mean, one of the Southern traits that I've noticed here that I used to have problems with in California and Northern California is that people tend to leave your business alone. Maybe people are socially awkward and maybe not quite as social and take a little time to warm up to you, but they also don't get into your business too much either. And I used to have always problems with neighbors and stuff like that. And I don't have any problems for the last three years. So, I mean, you give a little, you get a little, you get something back, you know? Right, right. And, you know, it's just fun to think about, you know, I've, I've been here my whole life and I've always thought about like upgrading, moving to a bigger city to, you know, experience different cultures. But at this point, I feel like it's better to visit than to stay. But that's just my perspective at the moment. You know, we'll see what happens down the road. But to switch gears a little bit, I want to talk about um, your upcoming album and a new song as well. So you're currently in the process of making a music video for your new track, which is Peace, Love and Beer. Yeah, that's and one of the tracks on it. Just I kind of feel that's like my... Uh... A lot of people like that song and, you know, it might be an, I think it really, the meaning of it is, you know, everybody can come together. We could knock out violence, racism, misunderstandings, war, just by coming together and sipping on a beer together, you know? Yeah, I love the premise of that and you know, I'm super excited for it as well. And you you invited me to be a cameo in the video, which... Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know the person because you had him as a teacher, Jacob Van Huss. We'll just uh, see what uh, transpires, you know, we can make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to do that. I've, I've never taken part in like an ensemble or something like that before, so... Is this something I would love to do because, you know, I like to experience different stuff, uh, try different avenues and see where it takes me. But, yeah, that that sounds fun. And, you know, I'm super excited. Well, you're that. in. But you're in. You know, it's just a matter of, uh, uh, for me, it's waiting on Jacob. And right now, as you know, peak, it's just getting ready to begin. And so yeah for sure for sure Professors are crazy and so he said something like maybe in october um late september maybe even early november so we'll see what happens but i i, I have a very optimistic outlook we're gonna get it done and there will be some more after that too yeah just make the call and i'll be here and i also feel like october that'd be a great time to shoot it because you know how pretty it is in this area around that time if there's any oh, outside shots so yeah well i think uh the rum bar you know which is also go used to be go burrito it's also the new place voodoo chicken that's part of it uh they've already offered me there to shoot it so i'm pretty stoked about that because that's just close by and i really like that place it's a fun little fun little bar you know i'm not yeah. much of a bar person because again 
you know, it's not really a intelligent conversations, but then, you know, bars aren't libraries and they're not uh, podcasts, but just places <laughs> kind of blitzed and lose yourself a little bit. Yeah, uh, Voodoo Chicken is amazing. If anybody comes to John City, that's a recommendation for me personally. I've been there a few times. Oh, yeah. Everybody's talking about it. The only problem is I'm a, I live a plant-based diet. I'm a vegan. I don't eat any meat or any animal products. Oh, okay. So I, I lose out, Jay. Hey, man. <laughs> if you want to come over to the side, you can. <laughs> I know you won't do it, but the option I know, is always I, there. Know, I mean, voodoo chicken could make me break my faith, but uh, <laughs> I'll just have to live on some of their plant-based sides that they've got. Yeah, it's it's very good. Uh, been there a few times, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I enjoy that little area down there in downtown. So okay, so what makes their chicken so kind of above the rest? It's just the sauce they put on it. They've got like a, a soy garlic and um, a cheer mm. wine barbecue. It's just, I don't know. It's the, the breading is really good and it's really big pieces as, as well. So uh, the sauce is really flavor, flavorful and uh, you get a big portion. So that's why I enjoy it so much personally. And there you go. You know, that's the beauty is that I know that the, the, the place previous to Voodoo Chicken at the Rum Bar was Go Burrito. And they closed up, and there you go. Someone, someone looks at their downfall as an as an opportunity, and they've gone in there. And you know, that's a classic example of you know we just put it out there, and the word spreads. It you know, and it's beautiful. Yeah, free adverts advertisement from Burner Talk right there. So there you go, Voodoo. All right, <laughs> but um. Yeah, before we wrap up today's episode, are there any shout outs you'd like to make or any final thoughts, opinions for the audience? No, just keep supporting Jay and his uh, podcast and uh, other podcasts like Jay. And uh, definitely check me out. You can, anybody who wants to uh, know a little bit more about me, the best place is to go on to CrosbyTyler.com all one word uh and uh that has all it's on where i'm playing and my new album get a chance to listen to it there of course i'm on all the social media platforms such as facebook and instagram and my music can be heard all over the place and all the streaming places such as spotify and itunes and pandora and every other crazy thing out there say la vie and rest in peace Mother Gloria. Yeah, rest in peace, man. Once again, I'm sorry to hear that, but uh, thank you for pushing through that and taking the time to come on the show. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. Thank you, Jay. And hope to see you soon. Hope that video happens so you can make your debut in it.